Well, good morning, everyone. It's lovely, lovely to see you all um, on this beautiful uh, sunny morning. Um, we have uh, folk with us from uh, Shoebrunes and Thorpe Bay Baptist, Whitstable Baptist, Dunnington Baptist, and uh, other other churches around. Whether you're part of a church or you're just tuning in, um, then it's lovely to have you. But a welcome to Heathervale Church family too. It's uh, it's great to to worship together. Um, I have. Uh, in true tradition, I have got one or two notices uh, this morning, uh, if you'll bear with me. Um, we are running, or at least Mark, our youth pastor, is, is running two Alpha courses um, in May, which you'd be welcome to join. Obviously, they're going to be online. If you look on our website, um, you can, uh, you can uh, apply there and all the contact details are, are there. So there's a youth Alpha course uh, and um, an adult one starting on the 5th and 7th of, of uh, May and, and they're both daytime so please uh, please sign up to those or perhaps invite, invite some folk to, to come along. The other thing to mention is um, uh, we sent Hello, out a, a, an email this week about uh, the community support network. Um, running Me Borough Council through a local doctor are running a volunteering scheme in the local uh, in our local uh, area Anybody who wants to get involved uh, as a volunteer in uh, delivering food or picking up and delivering prescriptions or just keeping in contact uh, with people in our community, you'd be very welcome to get involved. Again, details are on our website. If you're, you need to be under 70 and uh, you, you can't be pregnant. So if you, if you qualify for uh, that, then please do apply uh, for, for volunteering uh, in our community. The other thing to say is right up front is we are joining in communion this morning. So if you haven't got bread and juice in front of you, now is the time to, to go and get it. Um, you'd have to live very close to co-op if you're going to make a quick dash. But uh, yeah, we are going to be sharing uh, communion this morning uh, later on. Um, so please have that in front of you if you'd like to, to take part. The other thing I just wanted to say is... Uh, uh, we need to keep going uh, in this season. I think we're all becoming slightly weary, aren't we? We've been saturated with, with news reports and statistics um, and everything else. But just a reminder, really, that don't forget to keep doing good. Um, don't become weary of doing good, as Paul says in Galatians. Um, keep phoning people. Keep in touch with people. Um, we're all getting fed up uh, with this, aren't we? And we're all, we're all hoping for a return to, to some degree of normality. But in the meantime, let's keep doing good. Let's love our neighbor and keep picking up that phone and talking to people and keep up those connections. Really, really important that even though we're becoming weary, perhaps that we don't weary of doing good. So can I encourage you this week, pick up the phone, ring around people, perhaps people that you don't know so well. It's, it's, it's just lovely to hear a, a human voice on the end of the line. Um, uh, we, we went out visiting, uh, or we didn't go visiting, sorry, we, we delivered some cards the other week and it was just good to have a conversation at the end of the drive with folk, even though you're 30 feet away and having to shout, it's just lovely to have that human contact. So let's do what we can um, to stay in contact with, with one another. Okay. This morning we're, we're beginning a new series on the book of Exodus and we're looking this morning at... Uh, Moses um, at the burning bush in Exodus 3. And just to help us um, ease into worship, we're going to watch a, a, a video by Sam Hargreaves, which just introduces that theme and just 
quietens us as we come before God in his glory and holiness. This little video, which I hopefully is going to work, will just focus our worship and gather our thoughts.
Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can, we can come and stand and worship you on holy ground. And Lord, we acknowledge this morning that you are holy and awesome and glorious and all powerful and all loving. And Lord, as it were, we, we approach you with reverence and awe. We take off our shoes for this is holy ground. But we thank you, Father, that even though you are perfect and holy, we can approach because Jesus is the mediator who enables us to come close to you in your holiness because he came close to us, God in the flesh, and he enables us to draw near to the Father because he paid the penalty for our sin. And so we, we thank you, Jesus, that we can come and approach the throne of grace this morning through you. We ask now that by your Holy Spirit, you would enter into this time of worship with us, that you would meet with us, that we would have an encounter with the living and all-powerful God. For in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, let's continue and worship our God together. Um, welcome, church. Lovely to see you all. And just make sure your mics are muted as we go through this. Thank you. Still for the power of the 
You're the word of God, the Father, from before the world began. Every star and every planet has been fashioned by your hand. All creation holds together by the power of your voice. Let the skies declare your glory. Let the land and seas rejoice. You're the author of creation. You're the Lord of every man. And your cry of love rings out across the lands. Yet you left the gaze of angels. Came to seek and save the lost. And exchange the joy of heaven for the anguish of a cross. With a prayer you fed the hungry, with a word you still the sea. Yet how silently you suffered that the guilty may go free. You're the author of creation, you're the Lord of every man, and your cry. With a shout you rose victorious, resting victory from the grave, and ascended into heaven, leaving captives in your wake. Now you stand before the Father, interceding for your own. From each tribe and tongue and nation, you are leading sinners home. You're the author of creation, you're the Lord of every man, and your cry of love rings out across the land. You're the author of creation, you're the Lord of every man, and your cry of love rings out across the land.
One day every tongue will confess you are God One day every knee will bow Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you It's the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Some will confess you are God One day every knee will bow Still the greatest treasure remains For those who gladly choose you now One day every tongue will confess you are God One day every knee will bow Still the greatest treasure remains For those who gladly choose time to worship come now is the time to give your heart come just as you are to worship come just as you are before your God come Sarah's now going to bring us uh, the reading from uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses uh, 1 to 15. If you've got a Bible, Andy, you might just like to uh, follow this through. Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So 
I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Thank you. Um, going to hand over to Alison, who's going to give us a, an all-age talk. Oh, good morning. Um, gosh, Moses, what an eventful life he led. Well, there he was. He was born at the time when the Hebrew people, the, the Israelites, were living in Egypt as slaves. Um, when Pharaoh was so worried that uh, they were getting more and more of them that uh, he ordered all the baby boys to be thrown into the Nile to be drowned. Um, Moses was uh, put in a basket, hidden in the reeds by the banks of the Nile, rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, taken to live in the palace, brought up as, as her son. But he never forgot he was an Israelite. And uh, one day when he saw an Egyptian beating a, a Hebrew man, he killed the Egyptian. And then, of course, Pharaoh heard about it and tried to kill Moses. So Moses had to run away to save his life. And he escaped to Midian, he married there, and he stayed there to look after his wife's father's sheep. But Midian was a, a dry, almost desert place, and his life there must have been very different from living in Pharaoh's palace, where he could have everything he wanted. Maybe it was a bit of a dull life in comparison, I don't know. He would have to move the sheep around to find uh, water and food in, in that uh, desert place. Until one day, when he had moved them to the far side, he saw a bush. Well, I don't know, it might have been a bit unusual to see a bush at all in, in the, the, the desert, in the wilderness, I don't know. The bush was on fire. Now that is pretty unusual. What do fires do? Well, they burn things up, don't they? They turn things black and turn them into ash. But this bush wasn't being burned up. Nothing was happening. And not only that, there was an angel in the bush, in the flames. 
Well, I'm not really surprised that uh, Moses went across and uh, went to see it a bit further, or a bit closer rather. It was extremely unusual. But then to top it all, God spoke to him. And Moses knew that it was God. It wasn't somebody just hiding in the bush, playing a trick on him. He knew it was God's voice. He knew God was holy and that he wasn't. He knew that uh, he couldn't look at God's face and, and live. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he took his sandals off pretty quickly when God reminded him that this was holy ground and he should take his sandals off. And what did God say to him? Well, God told him that he had come down and that he had seen um, the, the way that the Israelites were being treated so cruelly by the Egyptians. And he had come down to rescue them. I expect Moses was pretty relieved. He had tried to help. Um, maybe just even help one person, but he'd ended up killing somebody and having to flee for his life. And uh, I expect Moses was pretty relieved that God had come down. He had seen how his people were suffering. He cared for them and he was going to rescue them. Then God said, and um, it's you that I'm sending to go and tell Pharaoh and you're going to rescue my people. Ah, I don't suppose he felt so relieved then. He was dismayed. And uh, he started making excuses. And uh, I wonder if you can think of a time when somebody has asked you to do something hard, something you didn't think you'd be able to do. I wonder how you felt and what excuses you might have made. And uh, Moses said, well, who am I? You know, why should they listen to me? He'd been away for 40 years. They probably didn't even know who he was anymore. Who am I? Why should they listen to me? Um, and uh, what, if, what if, they don't, if they don't know who you are? What if they don't believe me when I say that you've sent them? And he came up with, with all these excuses. And uh, if you go on into the next chapter, you know that um, he said, well, I can't, I'm not a great speaker. That they won't listen to me. And uh, in the end, he said, please send somebody else. But of course, God didn't. And um, I just wonder if God has asked you to do something difficult and how you've reacted and whether you've come up with, with excuses and said, no, no, I'll get somebody else to do it. And really, when we do that, we're actually saying that we don't trust God to be able to do it through us. And God will do that. He will give us what we need. You, if you ask somebody to do a job for them, it's very important that they have the right tools, the right equipment. And God knows that. And unlike a, a human boss, God through the Holy Spirit can give us everything that we need to do the difficult task that he asks us to do. And he's promised in, in his word that he'll be with us always. Um, it says that nothing is impossible with God. And through the Holy Spirit, we can do anything that God asks us to do. And we shouldn't make excuses. We should trust him. Moses thought he was only an ordinary man. Why should people listen to him? Why should... Um, Pharaoh let the Israelites go just because Moses said so. But of course, it wasn't Moses telling them, it was God. And we're ordinary people, but through ordinary people, God can do extraordinary things. 
And as I said, nothing is impossible with God. And so the next time God asks you to do something difficult, something that you think, I can't do that, I'm not, uh, I'm not cut out for that, I don't have the skills, um, just remember that God has promised that he will do it through you. Thank you. Thank you, Alison. As we, uh, we're going to uh, move forward to, towards communion now, where we're going to be sharing uh, bread and uh, juice, and remembering um, that Jesus uh, gave his life as a sacrifice for us in order to redeem us, free us from slavery to sin. And uh, that was the reason that Moses was called by God, of course, was, as Alison picked up on, was to say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And of course, where Israel had been freed, um, were freed literally from slavery, Jesus frees us from a, from a life without meaning and purpose and contentment and joy. And he brings us into freedom and joy um, through his death on the cross. And so as we prepare for communion, we're going to sing, There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son. Yeah. 
Let's pray. We do indeed thank you, Father, for giving us the gift of your Son. The Son who gave up his life to death on the cross, that we might have life, life in all its fullness. And as we share this bread, we give thanks for the body of Christ, sacrificed for our sin. As we drink this juice, we remember and give thanks for the blood of Christ, which was shed for the forgiveness of our sin and to establish a new covenant relationship sealed by the Holy Spirit within us. So we say thank you, Jesus, that you are our Redeemer, that you gave your life, that you paid the penalty of sin, which is death, in our place for us. Thank you for freeing us from the penalty of sin, for setting us free to enjoy life, life in all its fullness. And so we ask as, as we eat bread and drink wine, Jesus, meet with us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Encourage us, strengthen us, enlarge our vision of you and your glory, that we might be renewed and restored as we share these elements. In Jesus' name, amen. We remember Paul's instructions as we share bread and wine to the church in Corinth. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we take our bread together and we break it with thanksgiving in our hearts. And we say, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me now and evermore. And we remember that in the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you drink this, sorry, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we drink this together as a sign of our unity in the body of Christ with thanksgiving. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you are not remote from the pain and suffering of this world, but that you entered into the world, God in the flesh, fully God and yet fully human. 
we thank you, Jesus, that you knew what it was to experience tears as you wept over the rejection of your own people. You knew the grief and loss of your friend Lazarus. You knew isolation and loneliness as you prayed in the garden and cried out on the cross. You knew what it was to experience temptation. You knew frustration from your disciples' failure to understand and obey. But above all, for us, for our sake, you experienced being forsaken by your own father so that your promise comes to us, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we thank you today, Jesus, that you sympathize with us in our weakness, for you were made human in every way as we are, and yet you did not sin. And we thank you that because you did not sin, and yet you are human and God, you are fully qualified to reconcile us to the Father through your death and resurrection. Jesus, forgive us when we become weary of doing good. Lord, we, we ask for your forgiveness in this difficult season that we're in, where there is a, a sense of frustration and uh, a sense of a lack of freedom. Lord, forgive us when we've become downhearted, when we become irritated and frustrated with, with others. Have mercy on us and cleanse us from our sin, we pray. Lord, renew our strength to keep loving our neighbour as ourselves. Lord, forgive us when, our, when we've become self-focused, when we've stopped looking to the needs of others and just thought of ourselves. Have mercy on us, Lord. And Lord, renew our vision, our love for our neighbour, that we might continue to endeavour to keep in contact with the lonely, the isolated, and with those who need to hear a human voice. But Lord, we do bring you to, to you today, those today who we know are suffering with coronavirus. And we ask you, Lord, to give healing. Lord, be with those treating them. Give wisdom and skill to doctors, nurses, to those um, carers, visiting care homes, and working in nursing homes and rest homes. Lord, strengthen them as they deal with their own grief at seeing people suffering and dying with this horrible virus. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen and comfort all health workers and care workers at this time. Maybe there's people known to you individually who you just want to take a moment of silent prayer now where you want to lift um, people before Christ. Let's do that in a moment of silence. Father God, we pray for those who are undergoing ongoing treatment, maybe for cancer or other serious conditions. We pray, Father, for your healing touch upon them, and that you would give them patience and that you would give the doctors and nurses the skills that they need for that treatment. Lord, we pray for those whose treatment has been postponed due to the 
coronavirus crisis. Lord, we pray for patience and strength for them as they await further treatment in the future. Lord, we lift our government and uh, our public health officials and those who are having to make difficult decisions before you at this time. Lord, for those who are looking to balance economic concerns of our nation against public health issues. Lord, these are decisions that none of us would want to take. And yet, Lord, you have called into position officials and, and government and uh, people, Lord, who have to make these decisions. And so, Father, we confidently come and ask that you give them wisdom, Lord, to know when, when to implement a plan to ease the lockdown. Lord, just, just give supernatural wisdom, we pray, that the right people that would do the right thing at the right time. Lord, we pray for those struggling financially, whether as employees or employers running businesses. We pray, Lord, for a, a releasing of, of finance and loans from banks. And we pray, Lord, that furlough money would reach those who need it and quickly. Lord, we pray for the provision of PPE for those working on the front line. Lord, we lift this crisis of, of gowns and aprons before you. And we ask, Lord, you are the Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Lord, we ask that you would miraculously provide all the protective equipment that's needed at this time. Lord, we pray your blessing and provision for food banks that are overwhelmed and overrun at this time with demand. Lord, just bless the workers. And Father, we pray that you bless the provision of food and other items that are needed. Lord, we pray for our nation. Lord, give us the patience that we need to journey together through this crisis, the resolve to help and support one another. And Father, we dare to pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon our nation at this time, that you would turn hearts to you, that you would soften and melt hard hearts. And that, Lord, as people have time to reflect on the fragility of life, that, Lord, that you would bring people to see that humankind are not at the centre of the world, but you are. Lord, we pray that you would work through this crisis to bring good out of it. And all these prayers we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Um, so we're, we're going to be looking together today at uh, Exodus 3, uh, the call of Moses. Um, now, obviously, we, we, we had this um, series planned uh, for quite some time, and we had a little bit of discussion about, in the, in the light of the current um, crisis, do we, do we stay uh, with, the, with the topic that we were going to do? And we, we felt that we, we should. Um, we believe that uh, Scripture is God-inspired and God-breathed. God and that we believe that the book of Exodus has something to say to us, has a challenges and, and comfort and hope to offer us in this coronavirus time. And uh, in the news sheet, um, I've, each week, I'm, I'm trying to show how the, the book of Exodus has relevance for us in this uh, coronavirus season. Some of you get that uh, news sheet on email or through the door. If you don't, um, you can access it through our church website and on there, I'm going to do a reflection each week um, that just picks up some of the themes in Exodus that we're not covering in these sermons. Um, but basically, um, 
if, you, if we're going to understand the book of Exodus, we need to understand um, God's promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in, in Genesis. You can't really understand uh, Exodus until you've read um, the, uh, the promises of God in Genesis. So Abraham um, was promised by God this in Genesis chapter 12. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So right at the beginning of the Bible in the first book, God promises to bless Abraham's descendants and through Abraham's descendants to then bless the whole earth. So mission is God's heartbeat right from the book of Genesis, right through to the end of the book of Revelation. And we see at the beginning of Exodus, we see God's promises to Abraham to bless him and his descendants already beginning to be fulfilled. So in Exodus 1 and um, verse 7, listen to what's going on with the Israelites in Egypt. Verse 7, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. So the descendants of Joseph, the 12 tribes, um, are in Egypt because that's where um, uh, Joseph gave them corn from. And God's promise of blessing to Abraham is already coming to fruition. The Israelites in Egypt are so numerous um, and it was becoming a problem for the king, the, the Pharaoh. The king, Pharaoh, knew nothing of Joseph and God's promises to Israel. And there's a problem that comes in verse eight. Then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. So Pharaoh looked to subject the Israelites to oppression and he literally um, gave them over to slave labor, making bricks. It was hard and forced labor to try and suppress them. But we know that the more that Pharaoh suppressed the Israelites, the more they multiplied because God's hand of blessing was upon them. And the call to bless all nations was that God called a people Israel to bless the nations by making him known. As they lived in obedience to his commands, and as they loved one another and loved other nations, other nations would be drawn into Israel to know God. That was the missionary call of God on Abraham and the Israelites. But we know, of course, that Israel largely failed in this calling. There was a faithful remnant, a small remnant of faithful people in Israel who kept covenant. But in the main, the nation failed in its call to bless all the nations of the earth. But God sent Jesus the true and perfect Israelite, to draw all people to himself. And today, Christianity is still the biggest worldwide religion, having well over two and a half billion adherents. And the promise of um, God blessing Abraham has indeed gone to all the nations of the earth. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, he has literally drawn people from all nations to himself. But then, of course, Jesus calls us to carry on his work of mission. Matthew 28, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So can you see that the call to Abraham to be a blessing continued through Moses and the Israelites and then brought to perfection, as it were, through Jesus, continues through the disciples of Jesus. That's you and me. We are called to go and make disciples, to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And God is using or wants to use you and me to go and make disciples so that the original promise to Abraham continued through Moses can be fulfilled so that on in Revelation, when Jesus returns, there will be a multitude too numerous to count standing before the throne. So you and I are part of that continuing story right from Genesis to Revelation. So when we read the call of Moses, this is not just a, a nice story that we learned in Sunday school. We are part of the continuing story of how God calls ordinary people like you and me, a little bit reluctant probably, like just as Moses was, he calls us to make disciples, to be a blessing so that other people in the other nations of the earth would come to know Jesus. Moses, of course, was called to ask Pharaoh to let the people go from slavery in Egypt so that they could inherit the promises in the promised land of Canaan. You and I are called to go and make disciples by calling people out of slavery to sin. What does that mean? Well, it means that without a relationship with Christ, there is a slavery that comes without knowing Jesus. And that is a kind of meaninglessness, a lack of purpose in life, a lack of contentment and deep rooted joy. People look for, for contentment in all kinds of things, don't they? But ultimately, the only fullness of life that can be found is in Jesus Christ. And so our role is to go and call people to know Christ, to find life in all its fullness, to rescue them from a life that lacks purpose and joy and contentment and to come into the fullness of life of Christ. So that's our call as disciples of Jesus, continuing the call uh, to Moses. But let's have a look, if we may briefly, at the burning bush episode. Um, Moses was called and chosen by God to, to lead his people Israel out of slavery in Egypt. He didn't get off to a good start, as Alison described, did he? In Egypt, he saw um, an Egyptian beating up one, one of his fellow countrymen, and uh, he killed the Egyptian. And as a result of that, he had to flee to the desert. And um, he ends up um, being taken in by a family in Midian. And uh, it's as he's tending sheep that God gets his attention in a very powerful and dramatic way. He notices a bush that's on fire, and he goes towards it. And he notices that the bush doesn't burn up. And then a voice speaks out of the bush. We can't imagine, can we, uh, what Moses thought was going on here. It's not every day that you're tending sheep in a desert and you see a burning bush that doesn't burn up and a voice speaks to you. Moses, Moses. Um, and we, we learn that God appears as an angel in the bush. Why? Well, We've already alluded to it, really, but God is so glorious, so holy, so powerful, so all-consuming that no human being can be in his presence and live. It's like trying to go up um, Everest without any oxygen. You wouldn't survive at the top of Everest without the right gear. Well, there's no way that Moses or you and I could stand in God's glory and see him fully. 
see his face without being wiped out, without being consumed. And so God has to represent himself in the form of an angel so that Moses is not consumed. Now, just to illustrate this, you are on Zoom um, watching this, aren't you? And you are a representation of who you really are on the screen, right? Um, the fullness of who you are is not on the screen. None of us are two-dimensional um, people, thankfully, are we? None of us, none of us is just a, a, a flat screen with a name next to them. Thankfully, there's more to you, more to me than what we see on the screen. Um, and I can't wait to see more of you, and I hope you can't wait to see more of me eventually. But what you see on screen is a true living representation of who I am, but it's not the fullness of who I am. And in a similar way, God, as an angel, represented himself in the burning bush, not in his full glory, but as a representation of who he was. And that was the only way Moses could survive in his presence. But just to remind Moses of how holy and powerful he is, he says, take off your shoes for you're standing on in holy ground as a sign of reverence and awe, a sign of respect for God's authority. Not surprisingly, Moses, Moses is terrified. Um, he knows suddenly he's in the presence of, of, of a holy God, of the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of his forefathers. There's only one place else we see in the Bible where God appears in perfect, as a perfect representation of who he is. And that is in the person of Jesus, God's son, who was fully God, but who came in human flesh. God's perfect image. And Jesus was able, of course, to represent God to us in his humanity. He walked among us and he enables us to know God because although he's fully God, he's also fully human. And so God condescends to us, not just in the angel in the bush, but through Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Jesus is the mediator then that we need to be able to stand in God's presence. And that's why we're able to come and worship this morning as we sung earlier. Come now is the time to worship. We can do that because Jesus, the mediator, enables us to come before a holy God in his awesome presence because he took our impurity, our sin on himself. And through him, we can approach God in his glory and holiness because Jesus is perfectly qualified as God and as a human being to mediate between us and God. Not only that, Jesus is qualified to give us the gift of his Holy Spirit. You notice the, uh, this, the symbolism of fire um, in the burning bush. We know in scripture, of course, that fire is a symbol of God's holiness, God's purity, God's refining presence. And we remember, of course, that when Jesus ascended back to the Father, he poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost on all believers. And the Holy Spirit appeared as flames or tongues of fire resting on each believer. And so we have a picture at the burning bush of the way that God meets with us now through Christ. He comes upon us as flames of fire and he lives in us through the power of his Holy Spirit. So God, the Holy One, literally presences himself, lives in us through our faith in Christ by the Holy Spirit. The other thing to notice about the burning bush is you'll know that 
flames normally need oxygen and a fuel to burn and and um and obviously the heat needs to be there but the burning bush wasn't needed the wood didn't burn up um it needed no external fuel source to keep going and this was a symbol that to moses that god is all sufficient he needs nothing outside of himself he is he gives himself life he burns with holy fire needing no input from anybody else he is totally all sufficient all powerful this was holy ground for moses and god was reminding moses in this encounter at the burning bush that he is all sufficient all powerful moses is weak and trembling and doesn't want to go to pharaoh and ask his people to be let go but god is giving him a vision of who he is in his all-powerful, all-sufficient holiness and, and awesomeness. And that's the basis, that's the vision on which Moses can go forward in mission. What's our holy ground as Christians? How are we sent out in mission? Well, you and I have the unique encounter with Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, and we can meet with him every day as we read the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. As we pray, we, as it were, take off our shoes and come on holy ground at the beginning of each day. And we ask God through his word and through the Holy Spirit to give us a powerful encounter with him so that we can go onto our front lines in mission amongst our family, friends, work colleagues with the Holy Spirit in us, with the power of God with us. Moses was reluctant, and I'm sure sometimes we're reluctant um, to go. We say, who am I to go? And yet God calls people, ordinary people like us. God uses ordinary things like a burning bush to display his glory and presence himself. So God can use you and me, ordinary as we are, I'm sure, to do his bidding, to bring him glory, to make him known amongst friends, family, work colleagues and neighbour. God's response of his name is fascinating, isn't it? He says, I am who I am. In other words, I will be who I will be. Um, it's a strange enigmatic response, isn't it? And really, God is saying, look, Moses, I am sufficient in who I am. I am the eternal, all-powerful, loving, holy God who is sufficient for everything that you need. Trust me, I am the God of your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I am able, through you, weak and faltering though you are, to get the job done of releasing my people from Egypt and slavery. And Jesus' call comes to you and me. In our weakness, Jesus says, I am the great I am. In fact, in John 8, 58, Jesus says, very truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, before Abraham was in existence, I was already eternally with the Father. I am the great I am. And just as Moses um, heard God's voice, I am who I am from the burning bush, Jesus speaks to us and says, I am who I am. And Jesus sends you and I out with his authority. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. We don't go 
like Moses, in our own strength and power. We go with the authority and power and call of Jesus upon us. And we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those flames of fire rest on us so that we can go and get the job done of calling people out of slavery to a life of meaninglessness and a lack of purpose into the freedom and joy of knowing Jesus Christ. Now, you might say, well, that's all very well, Martin, but we're in lockdown. Have you forgotten? We're not able to, uh, to go anywhere. We're not able to, to do much in mission. Yeah, I've, I've kind of worked that one out. Um, but there are things that we can still do to be creative in mission, aren't there? Um, you, can, you can invite your friends who don't know Christ to watch a church service online. That's got to be a relatively easy invite, hasn't it, in these days? You could invite your friends, work colleagues, family members to an online alpha course here at Heathervale um, in, in May. Look on the website. Why not use social media as a number of you have been doing to post scriptures and thoughts? Why not offer to pray for people? Um, hearing through Premier Radio just this week, last week that for every 80,000 um, new cases of coronavirus worldwide, the rate of people praying is doubling. It's fascinating, isn't it? People are turning to God. People are hungry for hope, for meaning beyond themselves. Why not offer to pray for somebody who's struggling in this season? Why not, why not demonstrate acts of kindness um, by getting involved as a volunteer in your local council's program to visit uh, people with prescriptions, with food, with um, just being neighborly? Um, why not get involved um, with our community support network scheme in Runnymede. Sally Chiverton can give you more details about that. Why not put your um, faith and your call to mission into action by serving as a volunteer in supporting the NHS? But we can all pray for God to move in our nation, can't we, in power? We can all ask God to open the eyes of people, to soften hearts, to unstop deaf ears, to move in power in this season that people would come to know Christ and through us. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you've given us a call to go and make disciples of all nations. And thank you that we don't go alone, but you promise that you are, you give us your authority and power to go in your name. So Lord, fill us today with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with power. Fill us with love for our neighbor. Lord, that we might make you known wherever we go in our on our front lines with our neighbours, our family, our work colleagues, our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Steve, you're going to lead us in some response worship. Let's finish our service by singing a couple of uh, quite good rousing ones we're going to sing oh god of burning cleansing flame send the fire
blood-bought gift today we claim Send the fire today Look down and see this waiting host And send the promised Holy Ghost We need another Pentecost Send the fire today Send the fire today God of Elijah, hear our cry Send the fire and make us fit to live or die. Send the fire today to burn up every trace of sin, to bring the light and glory in. The revolution now begin. Send the fire today. Send the fire today It's fire we want, for fire we plead Send the fire The fire will meet our every need Send the fire today For strength to always do what's right For grace to conquer in the fight For power to walk the world in white Send the fire today Send the fire today To make our weak heart strong and brave Send the fire To live a dying world to save Send the fire today Oh, see us on your altar lake We give our lives to you today So crown the offering now we pray Send the fire today Send the fire today Send the fire today just finish now with um, these are the days of Elijah let's just uh, praise our God together of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord and these are the days of your servant Moses righteousness being restored and though these are days of great trial a famine and darkness and sword so we are a voice in the desert crying prepare ye the way of the lord behold he comes riding on the clouds shining like the sun at the trumpet call lift your voice it's the year of jubilee out of science hill salvation comes 
are the days of Ezekiel The dry bones becoming as flesh And these are the days of your servant David Rebuilding the temple of praise These are the days of the harvest The fields are as white in the world And we are the laborers in the vineyard Declaring the word of the Lord Behold he comes Riding on the clouds Shining like the sun At the trumpet call Lift your voice It's the year of Jubilee Out of Zion's hill Salvation comes Behold he comes Riding on the clouds Shining like the sun At the trumpet call Lift your voice It's the year of Jubilee Out of Zion's hill Salvation comes Behold he comes Riding on the clouds Shining like the sun At the trumpet call Lift your voice It's the year of Jubilee Out of Zion's hill Salvation comes Out of Zion's hill Salvation people said amen i'm going to read uh, a, a blessing uh, from uh, 1 thessalonians 5 may god himself the god of peace sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it amen god bless you all <laughs>